0: What's going on, G3 fam? It's your boy, Nona Zeiss, with a quick editorial note. You're about to hear episode 25 introduced, and part of that introduction, you'll hear something mentioned about video. We did, in fact, conduct this podcast via video format. However, we weren't able to go ahead and get permissions in time to put it up on you know, Spotify, Google, and all those listening platforms. So if you'd like, feel free to search G3 podcasts on YouTube, and you can actually watch us go ahead and conduct the podcast as opposed to just listening to us later.
1: Welcome to the Gaming's Greatest Generation Podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now let's get to the show.
0: Welcome back gamers to another G3 show. The whole crew's in the house and we're ready to go. So pull up a seat, kick back and relax as we talk about games and maybe share some wisecracks. You've been so amazing listening in on the show. There's only one way we're headed and I think we all know. Now you may have noticed that there's something quite new starting with this show. We've added video too. Now this show started off as a podcast of passion, but if we don't end up first, we'll wind up the last one. As we work to get better and build up our brand, you too can help us out with the swipe of your hand. We don't ask for your money and we don't seek out fame. The biggest thing we could ask is you remember our name. So share this show with a friend or give us a rate, maybe drop a voicemail, anything would be great. Now let's get to the show. There's just one thing left to do. Let me say thanks again and introduce the whole crew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of the G3 Podcast. I'm your host, Leo, a.k.a. known as Ice on all things gaming and social media. And now to hand off the mic to the one and only, the infamous Snipe90. What's going on, brother man?
2: Hey, I'm no Dr. Seuss, but uh, I'm here. Got some big, <laughs> We got some big news. Uh, let's kick it off.
0: One fish, two fish, red fish, blue <laughs> fish. And speaking of blue, uh, wearing blue, but hopefully his mood is not for the discussions that we're going to have tonight, Mr. Moe Them Down. What's going on, man?
3: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm happy to be here to discuss the news for this week. Uh, I guess we missed uh, Christmas by a little bit with the rhyme scheme there, but uh, that was good, bro. That was good.
0: Well, thank you very much. You know, we got to try and introduce what we can. So as hey. the in did state... We got a new video format that we're going to try and use for y'all and we'll see uh, how it works out in the, uh, the two, yes, uh, so luckily for us, the beginning of February has been pretty short by way of gaming news to speak of. So we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the news that is out there just real briefly talk about the bigger stuff that everyone is of course aware of, and then we'll get into a discussion that probably not a lot of the general gamer population is tracking. Uh, so first and foremost, If you have been checking out anything regarding social media or gaming feeds, you're well aware that today was the release date for Dying Light 2 Stay Human. So the game that was joked about on Twitter as being 500 hours in length, uh, and then several other tweets coming out talking about uh, different lengths in the game, anywhere from 20-ish hours to 40, 50 hours to 500 hours. And so far, at least some of the early reviews coming in, uh, pointing at the game rating somewhere in the range of about 75 to 80 on Metacritic. Again, this is super early uh, feedback that we're seeing from some of the gaming media. But Matt, what are you thinking about *Dying Light 2? Are you excited to get into it? How soon until we go ahead and have it in our library so we can play it? Uh, That's... That's a good question.
3: Uh, I am excited to see that it's finally come out. I, I did enjoy the first game, although I still need to actually get back and finish it. I will uh, acknowledge that there was almost a bit of the fatigue with that game as well. It's it's one of those things where I, I think if you really kind of focus and stick with the story, then you're going to be able to get through it at a fairly decent rate. Uh, but there is a lot of the additional content out there and then just kind of the... Structure and pacing of the open world, you know, action and stuff. It it does allow you to kind of spend a lot of time running around doing nothing. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that is at least a portion of the uh, five hundred hours that was being reported. So yeah, it wouldn't shock me if if your mileage may vary, so to speak, with the game when you're playing. Um, could also be that the five hundred hour, hour excuse me calculation was also maybe being factored in with like the additional content and everything that they're planning to keep releasing for the game. So it's really kind of hard to say. I haven't gotten hands on it yet. I'm sure that we will relatively soon, uh, but do need some people to play co-op with. So uh, hopefully Mark will have some better luck with uh round two on Xbox series X exposition and uh, we'll be able to get that going.
2: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm back to square one on that, that little, uh, Mishap, uh, yeah, pretty terrible, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say it was a lengthy month ordeal. But uh yeah, back to square one. See if I can scoop something up because you know, got to play with the homies.
0: Yeah. So, Mark, what what is this, is dying light two something you want to play with the homies, or is it uh, just out of your league when we're talking about the the type of gameplay loop and you know the time that it may take, even if it is. You know, only 20 to 50 hours for a single run-through.
2: It's good. I mean, it's got a, a little grind to it, but I've been watching videos since I've been home on YouTube. A couple little play uh gameplays. So, I mean, it's something I can get into.
0: Okay, excellent. Matt, what I else would,
3: you got? Uh, I was just going to hop in and say, thinking about it, uh difficulty choice may also factor into that as well. Uh Yes. It's not not hard to get wrecked in that at least as far as the first game went it's real not hard to get completely destroyed in that game depending on how you're playing uh if you're rolling through on easy might be less of a concern you might be able to just kind of steamroll through everything if you're playing through on hard you're you're pretty uh selective about like where and when and how you're moving through the city and stuff
0: like that. So, eh, you know, yeah, wasn't there wasn't there something of like a nightmare mode or something in the first? Well, the right?
3: the uh, well the the night, nighttime itself, day and night, yeah, yeah
2: it's different. Yeah, yeah
0: okay. the
3: zombie, the zombie, the real zombies come out at night. You
0: know. Okay, cool, cool. Well, hopefully, <laughs> uh, you know, we can get hands on the game, get hands on some of those zombies, and. Uh, you know, bring them to their knees, almost in the same fashion that we bring uh, a bunch of little critters called Pokemon to the knees when we use them, they're Pokeballs. Uh, and Pokemon Arceus went ahead and released recently. That one is, is looking pretty incredible by way of, for a Pokemon title at least. Uh, we're seeing initial reviews of a 84 on Metacritic and a user score of 8.1. So as far as Pokemon is concerned, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty big smash there. Mark, did you have uh, – you said you played a couple more hours. Did you have some initial feedback on the game you wanted to talk about? Yep.
2: I uh, got some more play time in that. Um, so some of, like, my generation got some mixed reviews uh, just because, you know, it's going on 20 somewhat years now, and there's still no voice acting. Uh, <laughs> kind of upsetting on that end. But uh, as far as the gameplay-wise, I like the way it's headed as far as like the open world type of thing, not like a set, you know, follow this route to this route, to this route, um, giving you actual quests instead of, uh, you know, just little nitbits here and there. And then of course the actual, uh, battle sequences, they switch that up a little bit. So there's more like, it's more of a, like an open field sort of battle. Like you would see on like the TV shows or, um, like the movies and stuff like that. So they're, moving in the right direction, but it's, it's slow.
0: And do you feel like, at least from the stuff that I've seen, I haven't got my hands on it yet either. I'm, I might, I want, I want to, I want to get, I mean, obviously like in our private chat, right? You saw me make that trash meme (laughs) (laughs) because some of the initial impressions were like, eh, you know, we'll see. Do you feel like this game has some direct inspiration from open world titles, like, uh, Breath of the Wild or you know, maybe a Mario Odyssey or something like that.
2: Well, it was funny. The um, I saw something online. It was like a still image of Breath of the Wild. And then they had a still image of the Pokemon. And it was like kind of like the same scene. But like, the like, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Nintendo is known for stuff like that. But like the only difference, of course, is the Pokemon graphics. It's kind of edgy, but it's always been like that.
0: Yeah, I think I would love to see um, you know, eventually uh, it, it it's a double-edged sword and I feel like this is where, you know, I can kind of toss it off to Matt because he's gonna he's gonna take it home run with this point. Uh I am a little concerned that Nintendo is gonna start seeing the popularity with like a breath of the wild and now implementing a similar mechanic uh in Mario Odyssey with the open world thing now they're doing a Pokemon Arceus we've already kind of seen some of the initial feed talking about um Kirby and the yep. forgotten lands like the open world thing here we go again like are uh, we turning into maybe like an Ubisoft with like recycling the same mechanic over and over albeit you know an open world type thing Matt uh Mr. sit on the sidelines not yet jumping into the the deep waters there the switch uh, what are you thinking by way of this? Is that is that a fear of yours at all that like you're going to see some repetitiveness with the ingenuity and the creativity on the part of Nintendo?
3: Ah, uh, well, I mean, unfortunately,
0: yeah. I, I guess
3: I wouldn't say that it would necessarily shock me. That'll be that'll be disappointing, right? But I don't know. Realistically, Nintendo's sort of been making the same games for decades now, or whatever. Just you know, with a shinier coat of polish or whatever. Maybe a couple of new can new mechanics. Excuse me. So um it's i don't know it's it is what it is it's the same everywhere else with everybody else uh i will say that i mean i haven't really looked into it pokemon is far from my thing but uh but the fact that they did make it an open world game sounds kind of funny to me honestly i'm kind of like what uh i am curious i guess for for mark as someone who's played it um uh, regarding the combat change you were mentioning about how like now it's more of a open field as well or whatever you were talking about is that really just more in presentation like is is the actual like combat mechanics you know has that been changed in some kind of way or is it more just you know you pick which one you're using and you pick which attack they use and now it just looks cooler as it plays out because i'm not opposed to that i'm just sort of curious to maybe
1: clarify
2: yeah i mean the the main difference like before it was you know you have a screen and it's one pokemon the other pokemon have health points and then it has a set list of attacks and then you go the other person goes now it's like an open field view wherever you're at in the map and then it's like you it shows you it shows your pokemon you can move around yeah. um and then it has like the fight sequence um uh, as well as like different other options and then they implemented a uh So, before it was like, you know, turn, turn, turn. But now it's like you have these, you know, sections where you can maybe attack twice. They call it like some type of agile thing. So, like, they're kind of mixing it up a little bit. Going the Final Fantasy route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
3: All right.
0: (laughs) All right, cool, cool. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see uh, that Nintendo doesn't, in fact, lose that creative train. Uh, We'll see how. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten lands comes out I think we said that's a pre-order now for March release if I recall um, but we'll see fingers crossed that uh, you know we'll we'll still continue to see that which makes Nintendo super creative and uh, able to collaborate maybe among their studios but still have some individual identity uh, but speaking of collaboration yet having individual identity uh, we got the news that uh, there's now finally some collaboration between, discord and playstation so uh everyone at least everyone in the know was kind of aware that uh late last year i want to say it was in the fourth quarter uh there was discussion and playstation actually formed something of a partnership with discord uh there was some investment talk and whatnot um but so now the news came out i didn't want to specifically go playstation wire on this one but um we have, uh, from our article source, at least in Tech Radar, talking about we finally have at least some initial signs of that integration coming out. Uh, not exactly what everybody would hope for, so we're still not at the stage where we can go ahead and download Discord onto our PS4s, PS5s, and have you know cross-platform conversations with folks. But you can at least associate your PlayStation Network ID with Discord, so that way, any of your friends that are on Discord can go ahead and see. Oh, hey, Leo's on Slay the Spire for the millionth time on PlayStation 5, right? (laughs) If you guys give me crap for that, we're going to have a discussion. Um, But so, yeah, who knows what's going to come in the future? Presumably, there's going to be fully functionality uh, integrated in discord app into playstation 4 and 5 so that you can go ahead and have those cross-platform conversations and you know be able to chill with your friends be it on xbox or pc or whatever uh and be talking about a game that maybe has cross-play enabled maybe not but at least you guys can you know talk about it um i don't imagine anyone has anything really to add on that one uh aside from notes of disparagement and can't wait for it to actually be real uh, so moving right on into something that looked somewhat promising, uh, PlayStation did announce and did host their latest state of play. Uh, thankfully, they were pretty upfront about it that it was going to be a deep dive into Gran Turismo Seven. Um, so, Gran Turismo Seven, long-running racing sim franchise within PlayStation. Actually, come come to realize, I wasn't even aware this is their 25th year. So this is their 25-year anniversary uh, that they're coming out with, and Seven looks pretty good. I'm not going to lie. So I watched the video admittedly it was a little bit slow for me um ended up having to speed it up quite a bit um but it definitely goes to show some of the really great love um that playstation has for this title and for this franchise they've got photo mode that looks like they put a lot into it they added a lot of pretty interesting like soundtrack stuff so you can Play the game and it will, there's different modes where one mode it'll automatically play like music over and it kind of dynamically ebbs and flows with how the race is going. Uh, And then there's another mode where you can kind of edit and remix that, that music overlay later on. Um, There was another mode. I can't remember for the life of me now, um, but nonetheless, it all looked pretty cool. Super realistic looking, at least the stuff that, you know, they went ahead and actually captured on uh, PS5. And this is ideally non-coincidentally coming out the same year and meant to be a direct competitor with the soon to be uh, released and rebranded Forza Motorsport. So um, I believe Matt is probably right there with me almost neck and neck by way of the racing stuff, at least in this, so far as the Sim stuff, actually, Matt's more of a fan than I am. So I'm going to toss it off to Matt first. I don't know if you got to see this, Matt, like. What what are you thinking about uh, Grand Turismo? About uh, what PlayStation is doing here on the 25th anniversary of this racing sim?
3: I I think it looks great.
0: I mean, uh, I'm always you know intrigued by the
3: the racing sim. Uh, it, it looks like it's a uh, you know a uh, uh, good development, I guess, uh, uh, successive iteration of the franchise, if you will. Uh, I those games always look incredible, you know, in terms of their actual graphics. Uh, I, It's always hard for me, man. I, You know, like the Forza games, I feel like they look great and everything. And honestly, like hardware-wise, when it comes down to one versus the other, like, you know, Forza may have a couple more actual, you know, rendered pixels or something. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, but something about, like, the difference between their engines and the way it handles lighting or more specifically, like, reflections refractions like uh transparent materials and stuff like that like uh headlamp lenses or like gauges in dashboard whatever like always seem to look better to me in a Gran turismo than versus a forza like the forza everything looks like too too shiny fakey or something i don't know uh regardless uh looks cool i think the music rally thing is a neat little concept as you mentioned they are trying to put in a bunch of you know, cool new music for you to listen to. And now you can apparently actually listen to your music and the sounds of the game or whatever at the same time, which is somehow apparently a first in the series. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, I'd, I'd say it looks cool. I think the PlayStation, you know, fans, players, whatever, have something look at the, or something to, excuse me, look forward to with this one.
0: Um, so yeah, thumbs up. Awesome. Mark, you got any thoughts on uh, Grand Turismo 07?
2: Uh yeah, just reiterate what Matt said about the whole glossiness between the two. Um, you know, it's to me. I, I mean, I, I haven't played a Grand Turismo game in forever, but from what I saw from this one, it looked like it's a little more polished.
0: Okay, cool. Sounds good. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and polish off this section actually, and we'll go ahead and take a break, and uh, we'll be back right after this.
1: Heard something you liked? Maybe you want to showcase a great gaming experience? Or perhaps you just want to share a laugh with the crew? Join the Discord by using the link in the show notes. We look forward to you being part of the community.
0: All right, everybody, we're back uh, from that quick break. So uh, as we move into our next one here, this this is probably the biggest news of the week, right? And it was pretty, pretty impressive. So. Uh, once again, similar to what we said about the whole Microsoft uh, acquiring or working to acquire Activision Blizzard, we got some big news that maybe people didn't catch if they were under their, you know, metaphorical rock. But uh, Bungie, the makers of Halo, the makers of Marathon, they've got a couple other titles under the belt, is now going to be joining PlayStation Studios formally. So. Uh, This news came out, I've got the PlayStation blog up here as our main source, uh, but this was announced on January 31st, so technically still last month's news, but you know what, everybody heard about it like first thing Monday morning. Um, So pretty impressive stuff, basically. The quote from, I'll maybe get a couple quotes here, uh, but this one from Herman Hulse, the head of PlayStation Studios said, quote, I'm absolutely thrilled to announce a new member will be joining the PlayStation family. I've been a fan of Bungie for many years. I've admired and enjoyed the games that they create and have great respect for their skill in building worlds that gamers want to explore again and again. Bungie makes games with outstanding technology that are enormously fun to play. They also have unmatched dedication to the communities that play their games and everyone at PlayStation and PlayStation Studios will be excited about what we can share and learn from them. I have spent a great deal of time with the senior team at Bungie, and it is clear their experience and skill are highly complementary to our own. We will be ready to welcome and support Bungie as they continue to grow, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for this incredible team." End quote, and once again, that's from Herman Hulse, head of PlayStation Studios. Um, but I think that says a lot about how they feel about it. There was another quote that I'm not going to get into because it's just going to belabor the point some more. Um, but it came from Jim Ryan, the head of PlayStation Studios, um, or excuse me, the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, and it was pretty telling, although I found it pretty interesting. So they basically out and out said Bungie is going to be part of PlayStation studios formally. However, they're going to maintain their independence. Any games that they currently have will remain multi-plat and the wording that was used actually leaned to any future games that Bungie comes out with are going to as well be multi-platform. So I'm going to tie this also in with the second piece of news. This one on an MSN, um, a little inside baseball I did find this information initially from another source but we only like to talk about the credible sources so I was looking scouring the internet to find out and so luckily MSN had this but the article uh, which came out just yesterday is titled Sony is spending 1.2 billion to retain Bungie staff and I found that kind of interesting so uh, basically it's a super brief article one of those kind of snapshot things but it talks about how Essentially, instead of what we think we may see when there's a major acquisition like this take place, because mind you, Bungie is like one of the biggest or was one of the biggest independent studios that was out there with hundreds and hundreds of employees. Um, They've had a lot of manpower behind their primary title right now being Destiny 2. and. A lot of people, at least the going consensus, right, is when there's a major acquisition, a lot of the existing staff, whether they be the upper echelon leadership or whether they be, you know, maybe some of the folks that do uh, considerably similar duties to the entity that they're merging with, leave ship, right? They, they get out of there or they're let go of or something to that effect. But this actually speaks in the opposite direction that PlayStation is really trying to keep all their Bungie staff on board. Uh, and so the big things, the kind of talking points that I want to go with this one, if we could, is one, this is awful interesting considering what we just talked about in the last episode where PlayStation Studios, another one of uh, PlayStation's first party studios, I mentioned about that hiring position for an ongoing uh ecosystem if you will in an online game right where they're going to try and monetize and keep you engaged et cetera, et cetera. and now they're bringing Bungie on board which is renowned for having one of the longest running most engaging uh type similar games out there that being in Destiny 2 I and I wonder to myself okay Bungie goes ahead and They get to still maintain some level of autonomy. They get to still put their stuff out multi-plat. They get to have creative independence. PlayStation is going ahead and giving them $1.2 billion on top of that initial purchase price, which uh, was somewhere around, I want to say it was $3 billion. Um, Really, it seems to me like Bungie made off like bandits. Like, Like the normal consensus of we're part of this new entity now, we need to conform is not going to be the case here at all by what I'm hearing. Uh, Mark, what do, what, do, what do you think about this one? Did Bungie actually make out like bandits? Like, are we thinking that they're going to go ahead and just not really even be a PlayStation studio in, in form and function?
2: Well, um, yeah, just like the whole Microsoft acquisition, I feel like them joining the Sony, it's it gives them the backing for, you know, to, to take, you know, at you know Destiny 2, I mean, it's a beautiful game. It, it came a long way from the first game, so like, it just paves the way for like maybe new IPs with them, and you know, just coming out some something big, just as Halo was.
0: Yeah, and I think it's funny that you mentioned Halo. Like the amount of th- this is the part as a as a core gamer, all of us are right. This is the type of thing that irks the crap out of me because I'm looking online. And I see a lot of these these fans that are, for lack of another word, ignorant to how this stuff works, right? Like, yes, PlayStation has gone ahead and acquired Bungie, but they didn't acquire the Halo IP. And for some reason, a lot of people were going down that road. They were like, yes, PlayStation now has Halo. And I was like, no, you're so off the mark there, right? Um, Matt, What what do you think? Is this like... You know, should this be super confusing for people that, that the studio that was kind of long time associated with Xbox for the Halo franchise and then kind of had their own thing going on, uh, their partnership with Activision Blizzard? Is this, is this like another feather in the hat for Bungie? Do you think this is going to be a long-lasting uh, ownership partnership here?
3: Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I, I just think it's tight that PlayStation is going to, to have Halo now, bro. That's, but... Uh... <laughs> Stop it. Stop no, it. No, no, just, no. Uh, stop it. Stop. No, I... I, I don't know, man. I, like, I believe that uh, it's cool for probably uh, a better situation for Bungie than it is for Sony, but I'm not really sure what Sony's end game is. I mean, this is clearly, like, the opposite kind of a play of what we're seeing from Microsoft, so I don't know what they're actually going for here. Uh, could be that maybe... You know, per what you said on different occasions and in different episodes about, you know, Sony really losing the uh, PR game. Maybe they're trying to maybe claw some of that back through this. But uh, I did see somewhere where they were also saying that, you know, well, with Bungie's help, we're going to, you know, go ahead and release 10 new like, you know, live uh, service games by 2026 or whatever. And it's like, what? Uh, so, like, I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say where this is going to go. I do think that the terms of the agreement, if at least what has been like stated publicly, is actually accurate. Is yeah, I, like a kind of a super strange uh, business, th- you know, transaction or whatever. We're going to purchase you, but basically, uh, you know, we just now get a cut of everything you do or whatever. You guys just keep doing whatever. It's like, I mean, that's that's about as best as you can get as a you know as a company or whatever <laughs> for it to kind of offer. So so congrats to Bungie, that is incredible uh hopefully that works out well for sony i'm not really sure what to expect there but um yeah i mean they're they're making moves at least you know got them got them a headline so that's good
0: so i'm interested when you said this seems like they're doing the opposite uh, of microsoft strategy what were you going at when you said that what what were you alluding to
3: well i mean it's uh, and uh, not necessarily maybe directly toward the activision blizzard thing although that will remain to be seen, I guess, but, uh, but Microsoft, you know, it doesn't necessarily want to come in and control, but it certainly seems like there's maybe a, a greater level of some sort of, you know, involvement or whatever than, no, they're literally just, you know, no changes other than you guys send us a little bit of the money or whatever. Um, that, I, I, I'm not sure if that is quite the same, certainly with, uh, more respect toward you know like the purchase of the ip that you're getting like that's that's what the whole game is for microsoft like it's it's all about collecting as many ips as they can having them you know under the fold with the game pass thing so that they can sell the subscription thing um this sounds like sony's like well we're buying bungie and we're gonna continue to try and sell games you know like as as retail units or whatever um which, which could work, you know, uh, but then the whole, you know, well, they're going to be available wherever now, of course, I guess it remains to be seen whether or not that's just going to be PlayStation and then like PC via PlayStation, whatever they're trying to maybe do to, to make you a fantasies, uh, come true, Leo. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. I, it's, it's curious. I, I'm not really sure how you are going to be trying to bring out that many live service games. All under the, I guess, influence of Bungie as well, but
0: uh, yeah, I don't know. Good, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's the thing that actually concerns. So first off, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and play devil's advocate to at least a bit of what you said because, yeah, we have an actual example of what you said, where Microsoft comes in and get, and the, and that's the Bethesda acquisition, right? Like from everything we've seen thus far, there hasn't been a lot of we're microsoft we own you now we're coming in and we're going to take over stuff so, like we haven't seen that if anything people have said no we're, we're still allowed all the creative independence and everything that we had previously just now we get bigger checks and we don't have to go hunt for the backing
3: right which i mean is cool you know i i don't have any direct anything to to point to uh and admittedly i you know that was that was maybe the the lesser point there um uh, i still I still would be shocked if there are absolutely like no standards to which you would have to adhere or conform, you know what I mean there' it's probably not like yeah, you can go ahead and make the next postal game or whatever, go for it, you know <laughs> but uh but yeah, beyond that, I'm sure it's you know nothing like super invasive, but um maybe it's less about like the direction of the game or like what your game has to be. my concern is more about you know like trying try and you know figure out a way to monetize stuff or whatever make some skins make some whatever you know just make sure that you can sell sell stuff to players in the game uh, I'm not I'm assuming that Sony's probably gonna go for that also since that's what's you know destiny's been all about Bungie making their money I guess and platform holders getting a take on that so I i don't know maybe maybe that was part of uh you know where sony's mind was at they're like all right well we want to snatch up at least some of this you know live service revenue that exists out here and more more of the major mainstream market until one of them wants to throw down on uh 2k for some nba stuff for you know ea for football or whatever uh and and everything else, I guess, what they got going on, uh, you know, Microsoft already bought already bought Activision, so they got that Warzone
0: money. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see about that. So, I mean, uh, speaking of Warzone, it already came out. Uh, we didn't have that specifically slotted for any news this week, but it came out how uh, Microsoft has confirmed if that acquisition continues to go through uh, uncontested that we're gonna see the continuance of Warzone, multi-platform, we're gonna see at least the next two iterations, I believe, two years worth of uh, Call of Duty franchises that are gonna come as well to PlayStation. And after that, uh, everything's kind of up in the air once the contract runs out. So presumably, presumably there is an opportunity where call of duty will eventually no longer show up on playstation and we talked about it previously where playstation was literally or or, excuse me call of duty was literally like the number one and number three selling game uh on playstation this past year and kind of has consistently held that top five ranking spot mark do you think that that this was acquisition, particularly for PlayStation to go ahead and kind of get the ball rolling on them, setting up maybe their own shooter or something where they can kind of pick it up and as Matt alluded to, have another big picture kind of live service game to keep keep their yeah. uh keep their fingers in you,
2: yeah, I think they're this is a good move for that reason um uh, you know, Bungie's well known for their you know f p s game so they can easily come out with something you know, next month later from now and be like, Hey, it's a piece PS- PlayStation exclusive, you know, come play such and such game. We'll make six games, you know, later and keep the audience going. And then of course they'll have all their destiny uh, players. will move on to that game and then they will come up to expansions. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good on their part.
0: Yeah, definitely. I- I think we can all agree it sounds very much, uh, you know, I, I, I liked, um, excuse me, it was $3.6 that that acquisition went down for. I, I really do feel, though, like Bungie came out like bandits out of this one because they're not really held down, so to speak. Yeah, PlayStation went ahead and put a ring on it, but it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, they're limited in that regard. Uh, did you want to close this out in this section, Mark? Did you have something else? Yeah, I was,
2: I was just going to say, like, it is just the start of something and... I mean, are they going to try and get Capcom next and Square Enix, and you know those t- those studios and capture the Resident Evil and Mega Man's and stuff like that? So, I mean, I, I could see it happening.
0: Yeah, there was definitely um, the the social media sphere was a buzz after this news, right? I think Jeff Keighley himself, who again, he's not the end all be all gospel when it comes to insider knowledge with gaming, but even he said, hey, more or less buckle up because Sony themselves have said this isn't the the last acquisition to happen. Uh, Microsoft still got some money though. we think that, you know, they may lay low on the acquisitions for a little bit until the Activision Blizzard stuff rolls through, but that that almost leaves PlayStation wide open where this is almost like a strategic move. Like, cool, they went ahead and they got this big name, uh, you know, spotlight type deal, they being Microsoft with the Activision Blizzard acquisition. But meanwhile, Sony can go ahead and work over here on the side and kind of make whatever wheels and deals that they want to. And and presumably, at least as far as some of the the insiders have said, uh, we're going to see some more of those come to fruition here this year, somewhat short order. So it really does kind of go back to that whole, uh, this war, if you will, this arms race, not being about consoles, but about content. All right, gents. So we're, we're pretty much done with the news. And for all of our listeners, now you can, can take a breather. And we are actually going to uh, take a quick breather and we'll be back right after this.
1: Want to contribute to the show? Maybe you want to try your chances at a question being aired? Give us a call at 702-690-9292 and you might find yourself so lucky.
0: All right, gamers, we're back. So going into our last section today, we want to talk about something that is uh, pretty important. And funny enough, I think we went ahead and our very first episode, first official episode, where we tried to recap stuff from 2021. This was one of the big sections that uh, we talked about, although I feel like if I recall, maybe something happened, the audio was distorted. But uh, the Interactive, uh, or excuse me, the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences uh is going ahead and they're about to have their 25th annual dice awards coming up so uh some big things to take away from this the dice awards are big in the sense that they're the game awards that matter uh it's the awards that are voted on by members of the actual game development community so where the game awards is voted on by Media outlets and media personalities, uh, based on you know what they got to play, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe there's a fan vote in there. This is like buy devs for devs, kind the of real award. deal, so, the real deal. So um, again, you know, like the Game Awards are great. Uh, you see, you know, the, the the stickers and everything slapped all over the PR stuff for games. We won Game of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, rarely, I think, do you see stuff like that and similarity for the dice awards but the dice awards at least to me it matters because again it's a game recognized game if you will right um and they're rolling into it a real quick Fubu awards. i know they didn't um <laughs> You're going to get us banned on so many platforms. (laughs) So, anywho, uh, a couple of big pieces as we roll into the actual nominations for Game of the Year. Ed Boone, creator of Mortal Kombat, or excuse me, co-creator of Mortal Kombat, uh, he's actually been selected the 25th Hall of Fame inductee uh, for the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. So, that's again, that's huge because that is the actual industry recognizing this guy. So, if you're not familiar with Ed Boone's work, uh, he's currently the chief creative officer at NetherRealm Studios. Uh, They make Mortal Kombat franchise. They make the Injustice franchise. Uh, Prior to that, uh, he was part of Midway back in the day. And so he worked on a lot of the arcade games and a lot of the console games that came out that were published under Midway. Uh, Some previous recipients of the Hall of Fame Award include uh, Bonnie Ross, Todd Howard, Hideo Kojima, uh, Dan and Sam Hauser, uh, and Tim Sweeney. So these are all pretty big names. I know that's more inside baseball, you know, kind of for some of our, our, uh, general listeners, but these are all big names in the industry. So the fact that, Ed yeah, Boone Ed is Miyamoto. Happy, yeah, Miyamoto is in there. So the fact that, uh, all these, you know, Ed Boone's getting, uh, recognized as part of, um, these very renowned individuals um, is really great for him. And so it's, it's a lot of great work. And so when they go ahead and they have the, uh, the DICE awards, uh, I believe it's coming up later this month, um, then he'll get uh, acknowledged for it. Also receiving some acknowledgement is going to be Phil Spencer himself, uncle Phil, he is going to be receiving the lifetime achievement award. Uh, And so you could pretty much imagine what that comes from. Uh, Highly recommend, and I can probably include the links for these in our show notes. But highly recommend that folks go ahead and check out some of uh, the accolades and the history uh, to both these individuals because these guys were and are really big names in the community at large right now. Um, Phil Spencer, I think it's kind of crazy because, for being uh, at least from my perspective, for being in the game industry for uh, something like 30 years. Um, I never heard about him back when, because obviously he was at the lower levels, but I would lay down the sword and say, I don't think I know, or I've heard of somebody else in the games industry who's had, had such a profound impact and done so much in such a, a period of time with the titles that he's held, uh, particularly with the higher leadership levels at Microsoft. So, um, Mark, what, what, you know, the, these two guys, uh, we're about to roll into the DICE awards, but you know, these two gentlemen being acknowledged for, uh, their contributions and everything. What, what do you think about this one? Are, are these good takes or are we, uh, you know, are we happy for these guys? I would hope.
2: Yeah, not too well, you know, Mortal Kombat's Mortal Kombat, but like Phil from doing what he's done past, when, when did he start with Microsoft? Eighty-eight or something like. Yeah, eighty-eight as an intern. yeah. So like, for I mean, he he deserves it. I mean, he's been there so long. All this stuff, you know, just this past year. Like, hey, give the guy something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think for you know, looking at again, like I I might have uh, I might have fluffed him up a little bit there, but literally for all the the impact that he's had from th- thinking about just this last generation, right? From 2013, taking over the helm of the ship, um, Xbox was getting beat down in the media, it was getting beat down by PlayStation uh, as a competitor. And somehow they turned it around to where Xbox is a household name once again. They've had a couple of heavy hitting consoles that people want to get their hands on, even to the point where they have to, you know, go ahead and fight GameStop to get uh, get a hold of it little, little jab at Mark's situation there. Thank, um, I
2: appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I dude, yours is un, an unfortunate one. Um, but, uh, you know, introduction of uh, Xbox, you know, cloud gaming, like a lot of monumental impacts. And I think a lot of that's fueled by the stuff w- we've heard of him in the past, like leadership qualities, mentorship qualities, and just being downright a gamer, like understanding how the industry works, understanding what people want to play, how they want to play. Um, Matt, what do, you, what do you think about this one? Do these guys deserve the uh, the accolades that they're being put up for? Yeah, I mean,
3: I'm certainly happy to see Ed Boon get some recognition. Uh, you know, he's a prolific. you know, uh, I guess, a uh, library of titles that he's worked on and everything. And obviously Mortal Kombat has been huge for uh, every American, you know, boy that wanted to rip somebody's head off and be like, Oh my God! Uh with Phil, I it's it's more I guess with Phil, it's kind of a thing of like just his impact on the industry at large. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. I guess I'm not familiar with any specific like video game he's put together or helped to help to develop. But um, yeah, I mean he's 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 certainly made moves. Uh, some some pretty monumental stuff, uh, recently, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool to see that he started out as an intern all the way, you know, way back when, I guess it's like, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, there's somebody moving his way up. to the top. it's cool. Uh, so, yeah. Good for them.
0: Yeah. I think, um, if I recall, it's not listed here under, under the dice information, but if I recall, I want to say he started as an intern. He was working somewhere in the windows team and he had a role to play with uh some of the generic stuff like Minesweeper and Solitaire I don't say generic in a negative way but like you know stuff that you don't
3: those are huge back in the day
0: yeah right so uh I believe I believe I remember hearing something like that so I could be wrong I reserved the right to be wrong but um that's what I thought so yeah these guys uh are definitely well deserving of uh acknowledgement and kudos as are some of these other uh Dice Award nominees so um you know, we, we wanted to go ahead and kind of talk about this uh, beforehand, and we tabled this discussion from the last episode. And surprise, surprise, we didn't get to really discuss it a whole lot on how we wanted to tackle this. Uh, so opening it up for suggestions, Mark, you got a – is there a particular format that you think uh, we should maybe address some of these DICE Award nominees?
2: Um, no, I don't know.
0: <laughs> all right cool um matt any suggestions i i got an idea but i'll open it up i, to you I mean
3: i'm happy to just roll through we can kind of comment the on categories yeah. whichever categories you know we we enjoy um otherwise i can just start throwing out stuff that you know i appreciate seeing recognition for or whatever but yeah no i mean we can just kind of roll through the
0: list if you want Okay. So let me Maybe see. take a deep Maybe breath here and I'll at least of, five the categories. Or however many
3: we, we agree most with, I guess, for the various categories or something.
0: I don't know. I think, I think what we can do is, uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll have like a brief discussion here. Uh, but then for each category, we don't like, realistically, it doesn't matter what we think. Like, you know, unlike the game awards where yeah, there's at least the a, a fan voice and whatever, this is, this is developers, right? So we can be like, oh, Capcom takes everything away. And we're like completely out to launch on that. So um, what we can probably do is I'll I'll just run through the categories super quick here. um, And then we won't uh, belabor the point. If there is a particular category that uh, each of us feels that we really want to speak to, we'll take, you know, maybe just a couple minutes to talk about that. Um, So the 25th annual DICE award finalist categories boil down to outstanding achievement in animation. Outstanding achievement in art direction. Outstanding achievement in character. Outstanding achievement in original music composition. I'm going to skip the outstanding achievement because you guys are getting the hint there. Audio design. Story. Technical achievement. Action game of the year. Adventure game of the year. Family game of the year. Fighting game of the year. Racing game of the year. Role playing game of the year. Sports game of the year. Strategy Simulation Game of the Year, Immersive Reality Technical Achievement, Immersive Reality Game of the Year, Outstanding Achievement for an Independent Game, Mobile Game of the Year, and Online Game of the Year, uh, as well as Game Design, Game Direction, and then an Overall Game of the Year. So. Real quick, before I, I toss it over, I'll let Matt go ahead and take take a point on this one. One thing I wanted to, to go ahead and highlight here. Dice, and this is kind of along the lines of why I, I have a little more respect for them. They actually did the thing that is my chief complaint about the Game Awards. They broke down the sections respectively. And I say that, like, when we think of the Game Awards, what do we see? It's like best racing or flying or whatever, right? They, they compile these things, race was racing and sports, right? They take these things that in the past maybe didn't have the oomph or the amount of nominees to go ahead and have its own category. Uh, and they just kind of lumped them together. Whereas dice recognizes that, Hey, we do have enough nominees in each of these categories. Now they can break out and have their own thing. So I have a lot of respect for dice in, in going ahead and recognizing, uh, candidates within respective categories, so it's not essentially like an unfair fight, if you will. Um, so, Matt, what, which one of these, if any, kind of stands out to you as uh, something you're particularly interested in? Uh, what are the nominees, and then what do you, what do you kind of rooting for? Not that it matters, or if you want to justify why it's special to you.
3: I mean, game of the year, it takes two. We've already well established that, so uh, we don't really need to go over that again but uh, that's it for the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's (laughs) it. We're going to bring it to a wrap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, otherwise I, I do want to call out. I, I think it's funny that, uh, call of duty got nominated for an outstanding achievement art direction award. Uh, I haven't played it, so I don't know, maybe I guess, but, uh, that one, that one kind of surprised me just seeing that on the list, frankly. Um, one thing that i did want to point out i guess is that the uh i i guess something that i'm always interested in is audio design so the outstanding achievement in audio design category they've got you know five games right now can't say i've experienced two of them but three of the five certainly have great audio uh but the the list of nominees is are forza horizon 5 halo infinite it takes two ratchet and clank Rift apart and Returnal. now I don't know about Rift Apart, from what I've heard of Returnal, it's supposed to take full advantage to great effect of Sony's whole 360, you know, uh, virtual, you know, reality sound stuff or whatever. Uh, So, I get that being in the list, I'd be curious to see if it takes the top, but, uh, you know, obviously, we know that Leo's a fan of Forza in this regard, it does have some great sound. I honestly... Kind of think Halo, maybe you should get it. I I haven't played, you know, Ratchet and Clank, so I don't know. And I haven't played Returnal, so I don't know. But uh, Halo Infinite with their audio, I, I actually have been pretty impressed. Like, everything in that game sounds real good. So, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see who, who comes out on top of that. Um, otherwise... Um, battlefield 42 getting a nod for a technical achievement is hilarious and um i'm gonna throw my phone away after that one that's retarded
0: uh yeah uh no nah, yeah whoever wants to take on something else go ahead <laughs> all right mark uh, what uh what stands out to you What what's a significant category of interest and in, you know give us uh some thoughts on it
2: um well i'll touch base on the nintendo i guess but uh the family game of the year uh i feel like they hit the nail on the head with those nominees uh kind of on the fence with ratchet and clank i mean i haven't played it so i'm not entirely too sure how family oriented it is but yeah, where's feel it? Feel takes like two.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah oh yeah where is it yeah exactly but uh <laughs> you know animal crossing that's a that's a heavy hitter uh superstars as well and then they have mario ware get it together and then this cozy grove game um when I'm seeing it, I'll make a point that there's a lot of duplicates per category. I feel more on the dice awards than there was the, um, John blank here. Um, the game Awards. game Awards, sorry. Uh, so like, I feel like every category almost has death loop in it and returnal.
3: There's a lot Um, of overlap. yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I hope, it's not one-sided for, like, multiple categories, but I don't know. I feel like the voters are different in this, ca- you know, this than the Game Awards. So, like, you know, we covered the Game Awards, and we were way left field on some things. <laughs> so, I'm hoping, uh, you know, it's more true for the DICE Awards.
3: I don't know. I, I think we did all right. Like, we'll get back at it. We... we... It was like 50-50. Yeah, I mean, we, we could have done way
0: worse. I... It was
2: more of the lines of like, how? Like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so for me, um, I will say, oh, man, there's so many that are that are impressive to me here. Um, uh, one, I, I, I think it's funny because, you know, you, you mentioned me and my, my love of Forza Horizon 5, but funny enough the racing game of the year category is only three games uh it's f1 2021 forza horizon five and hot wheels unleashed and i i, I would bet money on who's gonna win that right um so the one that uh hot Wheels, where did unleashed. you go yeah did it go? <laughs> it's it, it's, it. it's
2: also interesting because it's such an older expansion you know like i feel like they could have threw something Which, else in there Expansion, the Hot Wheels. No, 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 no. That's not, no, no. It's, Hot, a, it's a
3: different a game. Title. It's its own set. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'm like thinking that. the Forza thinking expansion. Of the Forza okay. X, Star, yeah. yeah, it's not that.
2: Disregard. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been Hot funny, Hot though, though. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah.
3: was Unleashed. We're bringing back fully... this expansion from the Third Horizon. <laughs> yeah.
0: Go against. No, it's the... a f- Hot Wheels Unleashed <laughs> is a fully licensed game. Uh, I think it came out uh, like a forty dollars price point on most of the platforms and. Uh, from what I heard. So think the fun that you had when you were playing uh, Forza Horizon 3, the Hot Wheels expansion, and then put it in the form of a whole game. And that's yeah, pretty much where they were going with that one. Um, you know... Uh, I- Icarus? <laughs> Icarus? <and Icarusus. laughs> um, inside joke there, guys, if you've been catching along. Um, yeah, cool. You so where be. the hell... Oh, sorry. Uh, I wanted to highlight the independent game of the year there we go outstanding achievement for independent game um because the nominees they had are death's door inscription loop hero sable and unpacking and so uh inscription give it to
3: oh
0: sorry inscription we've seen a lot i haven't got to play it yet i've heard a lot of great things but it's nominated in quite a few categories so i'm gonna trust that you know that is a a pretty uh stand-up game a quality game that uh you know it was even nominated for a couple game of the years Um, and then death's door to fast forward a little bit. I want to give my, my rooting for death's door. What I got to play, I'm going to get back into that here shortly. Um, but what I've got to play, I can really see where people are making kind of the, the Zelda top down comparison, if you will. Um, the music and sound effects are on point. The gameplay feels tight and consistent to the point where, you know, if you die, it feels like an honest death. It doesn't feel like the game was, you know, cheating you in any way. Um, so I'm going to give it to that one. The reason why I am rooting for this category, though, is because with all the talk of consolidation in the games industry, uh, people got to remember that it's indie games that go ahead and bring out some of these breakthrough ideas, right? Um, so Death's Door, not really a whole lot different per se. It, it's great in that it has a couple of callbacks to, like I said, Zelda and some other um, really renowned games and and gives you that feel good um, about what is, uh, sorry, these guys are going crazy in the chat right now. Um, But it gives a a lot of good feelings in that regard. And so to wrap it up, we all can kind of give some thoughts here on the game of the year. Uh, The nominees for game of the year being Deathloop, Inscription. Well, before I get into that, Mark, did you have something on the indie stuff or? Into well, yeah, had,
2: I was going to touch base on the unpacking game. I don't know yeah, if yeah. you guys have played that. Not yet. I um, oh, no, not yet. It's like a little puzzle. Basically, you get a bunch of boxes and you have to unpack and put it in the proper spaces in like these rooms.
3: It's it's. I uh, don't, have you played Jor- Jordan Peterson's "You've Got to Make Your Bed" the video game. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I was like, <laughs> I,
2: I was, I was looking at the list and I was like. How's that on there? <laughs> I,
3: I, at the same time, I, I've heard actually like a lot of good things uh, about it. You know, it's uh, I I guess some sort of catharsis, I guess, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm actually not too surprised to have seen that on there. Um, I I know that Leo's voting for the the Death store for sure. I have heard. Yeah, and it looks it looks pretty, great heard yeah. good things about inscription. Uh, I can't remember what that what that game was where like it's supposed to be like a head tracking thing and like you blink to advance the story, but admittedly that's probably pretty like low, you know, like exposure levels since you have to have a specific uh, specific, excuse me, uh or special hardware to kind of accommodate that experience, but uh,
2: yeah, I don't yeah, know. We, we don't all know guess. you're not into the uh, you know, getting the hardware
3: hey you know i've you know i i adopt when i can uh <laughs> i try to yeah. i trying to pay all the you know the scalper prices and stuff so whenever the world you know uh, assumes as, as, global, as, as let the
2: let the view uh the listeners know that y- you required this yeah. camera about three hours ago <laughs> that's that's right <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was like hey guys uh we should probably start doing the video broadcast and it was like Matt sends a screenshot alright I just bought the camera alright okay, well, you gotta, cool. you gotta so tell it properly first
3: I was like alright well I guess if I'm not in this one then you know let me know so I can figure out other plans for this evening and it was like nah I guess I'll buy
0: one Yeah. Um. alright cool so the game of the year to uh, bring into wrap so we said we've seen a couple things this one I found interesting I actually had to pull up um, the game awards game of the year nominees and There's a little bit of crossover, a little bit of not. So once again, if you recall, for the Game of the Year, uh, for the Game Awards, it was... Nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village with It Takes Two taking it away for Game of the Year. Uh, Here, with the DICE Awards, there is only five nominees, of which you have Deathloop, Inscription, It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Returnal. So we dropped the Metroid Dread in exchange for Inscription, let's just say. And then, unfortunately, we also dropped uh, Psychonauts 2 altogether. So, um, again, this is by the devs, not really by us, or we don't have any votes in this one. Uh, we're just going to skip Matt because we know automatically what he's going to say he's uh, rooting for. Mark, What? Uh, which one of these stands out to you, or which one would you... Would you be happy to see go ahead and be acknowledged by the, the uh, game development community for its accomplishments?
2: Oh, uh, this section I'd like to see, even though I cannot play it. But Ratchet and Clank, um, Leo, one day when you start it, you have to tell me how it is. But when I see it's gorgeous. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go buy. On that sale game again on PlayStation. I'm gonna go buy it right now and just start <laughs> playing. It just be like, Mark, it's incredible. It's the best thing ever. You gotta get a PS5. And just be annoying <laughs> as hell. Have that one. Yes, oh, I good good how my luck is going.
1: Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I feel so bad about that. Oh man. Uh-huh. Seeing
2: I'll time, give everyone, I'll, give, everyone, a I'll give the listeners a, a little backstory. <laughs> so. Matt send me a link for GameStop.
0: Tell you what, let's let's hold that real quick. Let's actually do give Matt an opportunity. <laughs> all right, all right, good, Thing, good. and then this will be the the fun end of episode thing. Uh, Matt, it takes two. Got it. Cool. Yeah. All right, back to you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. No, no. I mean, I've
3: legitimately everybody's already heard me talk about this game to death. So yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping that that one continues to uh, you know roll right on through uh, all the awards. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it takes two. It's
0: a lack, baby. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to go different on this one, uh, believe it or not. I think when I think about from a dev perspective, when they look at uh, the intricacies on what it takes to develop a game, how you have to mold all those things together w- with direction, design, sound, uh, and whatnot. I actually it's, have uh, heard a lot of great things and I feel very strongly that they're gonna go with returnal. Um, I think it would come down to uh Deathloop, but uh, Deathloop from what I've seen doesn't have as much oomph, if you will. Um like like the, the loop itself, the story loop and everything is great and all, but it doesn't have the same kind of um uh, uh roguelike uh, features that you'll find in a Returnal. Um, so, constantly enticing you to go back and replay the game and discover new things and build yourself stronger it seems to be a calling card now for Returnal. And Returnal may eventually get held up there if it can, you know, get to the masses being a, a PS5 only title uh, and letting other people see it. Because unfortunately, Returnal and, and Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart, are in the same boat where. They sold a low number of copies so far, probably because of the, uh, lack of availability of PS5s, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that one. And I think that we're going to see a lot of, I secretly hope that we're going to see a lot of developers feel the same way that I felt about It Takes Two, like great in mechanics, great in implementation, fell short in a couple, a couple areas, particularly story, at least for me. Um. so going back around Matt did you have anything else on this section or do you want to go ahead and just roll right into what you've been playing what you've been doing
3: yeah no, I'm good on discussing the game of the year Mark did you have anything else you wanted to say on that or anything
2: no I think we're good
3: right. uh, I guess so far as what I've been playing what I've been doing uh, I've been playing this Rift Breaker game on uh, Series X, uh, it's on Game Pass now. If anybody wants to check that out, we have both on uh, Xbox and on PC. Uh, it's kind of like a hybrid twin-stick shooter RTS tower defense game, and it's... oh i must sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's got a nice combination of the various elements in those genres. Um, you've kind of got some base building, you know, resource management stuff, technology, uh, researching stuff. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, at least my mic hasn't cut out for that. Um, otherwise, uh, it's got, you know, the the twin stick shooter action kind of going on all at once while you're trying to manage your base and everything, explore out and do whatever. I've played a limited amount of it at this point, I assume. Um, but it's, it's, Got like some really frantic action in it and just a cool blend of these different kind of genres to make it kind of a unique thing of its own. It's pretty neat. I definitely recommend you guys check it out. Definitely recommend all the listeners that have the ability to check it out. Uh, And, of course, if you have the Game Pass subscription, you're already paying
0: for access to it. So get on it. What a novel idea, taking advantage of the subscription you already pay for. All right. Thanks for that one. Uh, Mark, what you been playing, what you been doing, where can we find you?
2: So now that we know that that's Matt's slate of Spire, um, (laughs) aside from my month-long ordeal trying to get this Xbox um, (laughs) that come this morning, they finally
0: (laughs) –
2: No, I'm not going to go too far in it. Just at the beginning of the year, just say, Matt, send me a link, GameStop, Go ahead and buy this. Went ahead and bought it. Four months, uh, four weeks later, sorry, <laughs> this morning, they say they finally, after many FedEx delays, they lost my package. They're like, all right, we're just going to give you a refund. So back to square one on that. Um, so aside from that, um, I was telling Leo earlier off air that um, I'm playing World of Warships. Uh, I'm going to download this Rift Breaker game. Sounds pretty cool. So, uh, But other than that, uh, I need to start this door. Um it's on my radar, so Yeah, that's it.
3: My bad. I'm gonna cut, as... cut in real quick and I will say What's up? after after the prior discussion you guys gave me to play a little bit of that uh slay the spire. Yeah, sorry not. I will say that uh the anger card is definitely the one to get,
0: but uh, uh... <laughs> OP. Yeah. uh look, I... all right. Humble games. If you're checking this out at all, holla at your boy, because I want to see about getting some type of sponsorship, because I've been talking about that <laughs> damn Slay the Spire game. <laughs> like, it's yeah, nothing. Anyways, all right. Yeah, so as for me, um, so I have not been playing a lot of Slay the Spire, actually. Um, so this week was hit or miss with what I got to play. It's been a lot of uh, work on... Uh, you know on the show side trying to go ahead and uh, luckily these gentlemen got me stuff that I needed so we'll hopefully go ahead and be able to get the website up soon um, other than that mm-hmm. I've been working a lot of uh, personal and professional development stuff so that's taken some of my time uh you know like education wise or whatever um, outside of that uh, I have been playing a lot once again on the ps5 um so the wife and I have been really digging the uh Sackboy Big Adventure game so she's a big fan of the little big planet stuff so we've enjoyed that quite a bit playing a lot of co-op and luckily it's not like a overcooked where you want to just kill the other person um but it definitely entices you to do the co-op thing other than that uh was playing some more Horizon Zero Dawn uh some more Spider-Man Remastered I'm like 60 something percent with that game so that That's still knowing because I've already completed that game on PS4, knowing what I've got ahead. I still have quite a ways to go. But uh, I hope to get all these done uh, and, again, also go back to uh, Death's Door and finish that one up. And then uh, I did make a little more progress on Halo Infinite in the campaign. So I sit here and I say, like, I don't have a lot of time. And, yet somehow I managed to, to squeeze all that in um that said i did go ahead and and purchase the battle pass on uh on uh halo infinite so i guess i better get into that before the season's over but that that's the thing i love about that game is that uh you can constantly go back and work on progress for your previous stuff other than that uh as we said at the top of the show this is our first video format so we hope that you guys enjoyed uh if we uh you know you have a new opportunity to give us some feedback now if you're like damn these guys are ugly like I, I guess you know kind kind of like that other guy's uh reference well is it something with my face yeah i don't know i just want to just put one of these through your suck hole you can give us whatever feedback you want and if we'll you'd say, like you know,
3: to see mark's you. feet. <laughs> no
0: <Nah. laughs> there's probably some type of yeah, for exclusive yeah <laughs> exclusive other subscription service subscription for that. service uh, prime membership <laughs> 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 you can find it on your phone anyways we're getting <laughs> ridiculous now um but uh yeah feel free to give us feedback uh if you like when you listen to the podcast on your uh streaming service of choice you should see a link uh, for anchor to go ahead and drop us a voicemail so you can give us a voicemail there you can call the phone you can uh write us an email just let us know that yeah you, uh, you appreciate what we're doing uh, and able to talk in this kind of forum and, and talk a little more in depth about games than than maybe some of the other outlets will uh let you do uh um, other than that appreciate
3: you listen to our bullshit
0: yeah yeah I'm exactly to so <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up for episode 25 of gaming's greatest generation podcast so remember Gaming's Greatest Generation is the one you guys are a part of.
1: Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes. See you next time.